All right, we are back after a big hiatus. Uh, This is the 33rd episode of the Latch Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Latchow, and I'm lucky enough today to be joined by one of my all-time favorite Syracuse uh, uh, players and a former NBA player who's still playing professionally overseas, uh, Dante Green. Uh, Dante, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, I'm. Uh, I saw. I saw via Twitter. You, you finally were able to, uh, or Facebook, able to get home with everything going on in, in the in the world. How everything good with you and your family? Uh, yeah, man. Everything. Everything's really good. Uh, yeah, I was stuck over in in Saudi Arabia for for about three and a half weeks, almost for almost a month. Wow. Um, yeah, it was it was crazy, but you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy. I'm blessed. I'm I'm safe. I'm I don't have coronavirus, so uh, everything's yeah. uh, everything's good. That's great. How and so how um how have you found uh, this past this past season playing? Um, it was it was it was good. Uh, it's kind of a, I've had a crazy basketball season. Um, started off in Lebanon. Uh, was supposed to sign there. I was supposed to stay there through the year, um, but they had problems within their country. It's like a, a revolutionary, the revolution going on over there. Sure. So, uh, you know, the league has shut down. And so I left there, came back home, was able to be home for Christmas and New Year's and spend some time with, uh, with the wife and kids and, uh, got up out of here and went to, uh, to Saudi Arabia right after, right after New Year's. That's awesome. All right. So I want to, I want to go, uh, back in time and then go back and then come back to the, uh, to the future to, or to the present, I should say, to talk about, uh, your current playing. But so I, I was telling you before we, before we started the interview that, um, I actually saw you play even before you started at Syracuse at the Jordan classic, which I was looking back is one of the more, uh, star studded Jordan classics of all time. Like you're playing next to, uh, Eric Gordon and Blake Griffin and Derek Rose and Chandler uh-huh. Parsons. What was like? So what? So what's that like being on the uh, like playing at Madison Square Garden for the Jordan Classic? Um, well, you know, playing in, in the Garden is it's, it's it's the mecca of basketball. Um, you know, and New York is known for its basketball, for its for its players, for for the street ball and the outdoor parks, and and definitely you know for for Madison Square Garden. So to be able to go there. And only in high school um, was a, a, a great, great opportunity for me. And, you know, I, I, I still talk about that to this day with, with my friends or, you know, people that I see that haven't seen me in a while. You know, they, they, they bring up that uh, that Jordan brand game. So it was uh, it was definitely, man, it was, it was big for me. So when you're so when you're playing against, like, Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose and all, all those guys, like, can you can you already see like are you guys already like sizing each other up about like where where the next class of guys that are going to be uh, in the NBA or at that point like I mean obviously you guys are so young you're like seventeen or eighteen years old or are you just like happy to be there? Um, I mean for us it's I mean we were all most of the top guys in that class have known each other for for some time like uh, you know myself I knew I knew Kevin Love I knew. Uh, uh, I didn't really know Blake that well, but I knew D Rose. I knew uh, um, Eric Gordon. Uh, I think JJ Hickson playing that game. I don't know if he played in that game, but a lot of us were already friends because we were, um, you know, and back then it was all about, you know, the shoe companies and and being able to, you know, go with your shoe company. So I knew a lot of them guys from like summertime from being at that Nike and uh, or. 
our senior year, we know we did a lot of with the USA team. So just most of the top guys were always there. So we pretty much knew each other. So, and we weren't really worried about any other class. Like we knew we were good, but I feel like we wasn't, I know I wasn't focused on anybody who was ahead of me or behind me. Like our class was that loaded that you really just had to stay locked in and stay focused on what you was doing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So then you, you go to, you go to Syracuse, which I was, I was telling you before the interview, like that, that's been the team. I, I mean, I went to Northwestern, which is a big 10 school, but, uh, grew up a Syracuse fan. I'm still a Syracuse fan, uh, today. And that, that, the, that, uh, that year when you and Johnny Flynn are freshmen was unbelievably exciting. And you guys also had some really fun games when like the big East was still the big East, as opposed to kind of what it is now. So what's that? So what was that like being a part of like that, that big East fraternity playing for Syracuse? Man, it was great. It was a uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, going in, going in, I was I was a little nervous. Not gonna lie, um, I was I was confident. I was happy with with me choosing Syracuse and you know all the 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 great players out of out of my area, out of Baltimore, and, and even like you know the DMV area. If you want to throw us in there um, to go to Syracuse, so I was I was excited with my pick and everything, but. Uh, the Big East is tough, man. It's it's, it's known for its uh, its physicality. It's known for being one of the top team top leagues in the country. Um, well, at least back then it was. So, uh, you know, for me to go there, I knew I had to to, to put on some weight and <laughs> and really get ready. Um, I was only 195 pounds when I graduated high school. So, uh, yeah, so six nine, 195 pounds, soaking wet. So, uh, it was it was a uh, a little, little nervous in the beginning, but once I got on campus and, you know, we started lifting and, and really started working out on a, on, a, on a college level, my body changed, and, and by the beginning of the season, I was definitely – I was ready for it. So I'm, so I'm curious. I, I want to talk a lot about Syracuse, but I'm also wondering, like, so you're, you're a Jordan Classic guy. You're, um, you're like, you're, you're in the, the beginning of the era where a lot of players are like doing the whole one and done thing. I think Blake played two years. Derek Rose plays one year. Like, so, yeah. and you, you obviously did one year. So is it like, are you already kind of thinking, uh, thinking ahead and like, or do you, do you get nervous about like not getting hurt or keeping your body in like a, in a, in a certain form? Cause obviously like the season starts in uh, October, November, and then you're already right. starting like pre-draft stuff probably what in April and May. Somewhere, yeah, around that. No, nah, I mean, for me, I wasn't really even thinking about the NBA, to be honest. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have, I mean, I knew it was my, it was my goal, for sure. You know, I wanted to go um, to the NBA and, and, you know, just fulfill my dream and everything. But my first year going into school, I wasn't thinking about the NBA. I was, I was really focused on, you know, the year in front of me, um, playing in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back at the bottom of the total pole, really, when you go back to being a freshman. Um, even though you know I was talented, I didn't look at it like that. I looked at it as it was. I'm the young guy. I'm the new guy. I need to work hard and try to figure everything out. And um, that's what I was just focused on, man. Just just trying to learn as much as possible. And man, my my game really progressed throughout the year, and uh, it, it all happened to work out for me. But I definitely yeah. didn't go in thinking, oh, you know, I'm, I'm staying there one year. I'm out of here. Like, no. Nah. Uh, I finished, completed my whole freshman year. Like I didn't leave, and even when it was time to go to the draft, I yeah. stayed and finished my classes and everything. So I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't focused on the league. I was focused on, you know, Syracuse and, and myself getting better. That was it. Yeah. So I'm curious. What so so what was it like? Because obviously you're part of this like really 
loaded uh, freshman class with uh, to, to Syracuse specifically with like Johnny Flynn and and Scoop and uh, Rick Jackson. But then you guys also have like Paul Harris and uh, Anawaku and Devendorf. Mm-hmm. So like, how how is it like towing the line between you guys being these like highly ranked recruits, especially you and Johnny Flynn? And then, uh, but then also you have these established guys who have been like Big East staples. Um, you know, for us, we 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 weren't the 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 Hollywood type, I guess you could say. Like we didn't feel like we was bigger than anybody. Sure. That was that was at least the guys that were there, you know, or the guys that were coming in with us. You know, we definitely didn't feel like we were, you know, bigger or or, or better than anybody, or just better than bigger than the program. You know, we we just was there just to hope. We was kids. We love to have fun, um, and, and we love to play basketball, man. So we just came together, and um, you know, I, I I think we we definitely had some some growing pains during the season, which is why we just missed out on a tournament that year. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I, I still you know I wouldn't wouldn't change anything, man. It was it was it was great, and I think we we messed well together from the from the jump. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm 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 curious, like what what um. What players that you got to play against in uh in college were some of like your favorite or uh, toughest matchups? I mean, I know you guys played like Maryland when they had Grievous and they had, yeah. and Marquette with Wes Matthews and those. I mean, I've always like uh I always had an issue with Georgetown, obviously, given being a Syracuse fan and Roy Hibbert was there. So I'm curious oh. what that was uh like yeah, what, I mean, what some of those guys were like. To be every to be honest, man, every game was so big for me just because. Uh, you know, you, you watch all this, you know, you watch college basketball as a kid, you know, growing up and, and you picture yourself, uh, you know, being out there playing at, at one point in time. And once I got there, it was just like, I wouldn't say I was in shock, but I was just really like, just, all right, you know, just kind of like just living in the moment. Like, man, this is crazy. I'm here, but you know, I'm not really, I wasn't really like focused on anybody specifically like of course you know the georgetown game was big for me because georgetown was one of the schools that uh was recruiting me and it was it was real close to home for me so always got up for that game um i mean you got your pits you have your yukons i mean it was just so much history just in the big east in general so i mean i wouldn't say any particular game was you know bigger than the other or any purse player it was just i was just out there hooping just trying to win and, and and do my best you know yeah no uh absolutely all right so then i'm so then uh well by, and by the way one of your best games you had uh you had 22 against georgetown so you uh you did you got up for uh for that for sure oh there we go there we go <laughs> <laughs> um so then so so i'm curious all right so uh you you end up getting uh you getting drafted I, i'm curious like what i've always been interested because i'm someone who goes I've gone to the draft a bunch of years and I'm always curious what it's like to like uh, be there and or he- hear your name called all that stuff. So what's like, what, what's that day specifically like, is it like dread or you, or is it just beyond excitement? Are you nervous? Like what's, what's all that like? The day started off hectic for me because I was invited to New York. So I was, um, I was, I had a chance to go in there and be in the green room and I turned it, I turned it down. Yeah. So the day of the draft, um, you know, my, my, everybody's like, why did you turn it down? Why did you go to the green room? I'm like, you know, I really wanted to have this moment with my family. Like, uh, I knew if I would have went up there, it would have been too much. And, and, you know, everybody wouldn't be able to come, but you know, I, I'm a big 
Big Island family. My mom's side of the family is huge. My dad's side of the family is huge. So um, we were just trying to figure out where to have the the viewing party in Baltimore where everybody could come. So just yeah. trying to figure that out on draft day. And, uh, you know, um, we got a bowling alley. So I ended up running out the whole bowling alley. And everybody <laughs> was there. And, of course, I'm like, Right around the corner from the bowling alley, um, watching it in a uh, in a hotel room or in the room, and uh, I was just me, my brother, my manager, and my uh, my agent and my cousin. So we're watching it, and you know, I was projected to go uh, mid mid first round, so like anywhere between fourteen and twenty. Yeah. Of course, we get down to fourteen and twenty, and you know, my name's not called, and I'm sitting there going crazy, like. Man, I should have went back to school. What was I thinking? Like, <laughs> really started just panicking. Like, man, I, you know, I felt like I had, I had 19, 19 workouts before the pre, you know, pre-draft workouts. Wow. So I was like, man, I'm feeling, I was feeling confident. Like I did really well in all my workouts, but uh, you know, slip, slip, slip. Numbers, names keep getting called, and my name's not called. So at this point, I'm just sitting. Just I came out my suit jacket and everything, and. Uh, my phone starts to ring, and it's Houston, and it's the uh, their pick is at twenty six, and they're like, uh, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna take you. Um, we're taking Nicholas Batum, but we're trading for you because Sacramento was it Sacramento? I forgot where you got. No, Memphis. Sorry, Memphis was drafting uh, after Houston, but they wanted to make sure they got uh, Batum. And they ended up trading for me and then sent a platoon to Portland. I don't know, it was a big trade, but it was uh it was definitely a, a started off nerve wracking day, but of course it ended well. And so uh I didn't even ask you about this uh like during your college days, but so during the whole draft process is uh, is Coach Beheim like helping you out? Because he's obviously seen a bunch of his guys go through this whole process. Is he uh is he a helpful tool during all this? Oh yeah, you know, I could go into Coach Beheim's office at any time and and just sit down and talk to him. And even before I declared, um, you know, I had a, a few meetings with him. And just, you know, he, he put the, all the options out on the table for me and, and, you know, told me what was going on and what he thought. And, you know, I went back and processed it. And, you know, once I made my decision, he, you know, he gave me his blessings and, uh, you know, told me good luck. And I stayed there and worked out, worked out with the assistant coaches all the way up to the draft. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was all good with me and Bayham. And uh, all right, so and so you end up getting uh, traded to the Kings right before the uh, right before the season starts. And um, yeah. uh, so so I'm curious, so like, what so what's the because uh, I I know you described kind of like the shock of just playing in the Big East, which I can only imagine. And now you're in the NBA all within like the span of like 18 months. So like, what's what's that like going through? Like, I know you played like summer league uh, with the Grizzlies, right? And then because then you yeah. were traded, uh, I played it. I played summer league with uh, with Houston. Oh, Houston. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Man, I mean, the, the the trade was crazy because, um, you know, my my summer league, I got summer league MVP that year. Yeah. Um, my first game, I had forty one. <laughs> uh, I was just, you know, I was just, I was excited, man. I was really just, you know, just really like, you know, once again, just living in the moment. Like, man, I'm in the NBA. I'm out there having fun, like, just doing what I love. And uh, so yeah, so I had a really good summer league and. Uh, Sacramento ended up trading for me. Um, they was trying to get rid of Ron Artest. Houston wanted um, a veteran uh, small forward because that's when they, you know, had Yao and they were still making that run, trying to, 
get over the hump. So of course they they're like, oh, we're not gonna we're not gonna have a rookie here uh, starting because T Mac was hurt. So I was the projected starter for oh, wow. opening. Yeah. So uh, you know they traded for me. Ron Artest came in. I go to Sacramento and I have worked out for Sacramento twice. I thought they were gonna pick me because of that, but uh, you know it ended up uh, working out at the end and, and I get there and you know they had a young kind of a young team. Uh, was was in the rebuilding stages, so uh, you know I, I looked at the opportunity and you know just I guess kept kept it moving. Like just I had to experience the business part of the side uh, of the NBA early, but you know it, it was what it was. Yeah, I, so I'm, so I'm curious, kind of like what that's what that's like because you pro, like you guys all get. What, I mean, obviously, what's so crazy about sports is you guys get drafted. You're not choosing like, oh, I want to work at this company or work here work there whatever it is and you're getting you're getting picked so like are you are you going into it whether it's through the draft or either through trades are you kind of like wondering like what situations would be best for you or are you just at this point so wide-eyed about like the nba in general that you're just like well whoever takes me this is this is awesome no i mean my agent had it all you know this is what's going on this is where you might be able to fit well Houston was one of the cities, so you know when I got, ended up getting picked there, I was you know I was pretty happy. Um, was had a good relationship with uh, a couple of their their scouts and um, and uh, and a couple of assistant coaches. So you know I had a relationship with them, and you know you have a few teams, a few other teams. Memphis would have worked out well for me. We had Sacramento on there, and uh, I think it was New Jersey at the time, New Jersey Nets. So. Uh, you know, those those spots would have worked out. And then you just got, you know, you have secondary and, and third options. But, yeah, you have to definitely do your homework. At least your agent does. And he puts you up on game. And, and then you just go from there. And so, uh, and so like that, so that first year with the Kings, you still have, like, some of the remnants of, like, the old uh, C-Web and uh, Mike Bibby teams because you still have, like, Bobby Jackson there and Kevin uh-huh. Martin and Brad Miller. Yeah. So, like, what's it like having those, those – uh, more veteran guys there who can kind of teach you the ropes. Oh, it was cool. Um, you know, Bobby Jackson, uh, he played one year with us there, um, and he was kind of on his way out, but could still <laughs> could still go and yeah. get out there and definitely give you a bucket. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was good to be able to learn from them early on. Um, Sharif Adorahim had just retired, but he was still on one of the coaching staff, so I was kind of up underneath his wing too. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it, it was good. Uh, you know, I definitely learned a lot my rookie year. I didn't play much my rookie year, um, but I, I learned a lot. And, uh, you know, I definitely would say that year got me better and, and, and got me ready for what was to come. And then so, like, those next couple of years, you guys have, like, a lot of this influx of, like, young talent because you got, like, Tyreek Evans coming in and uh, yeah. and DeMarcus Cousins. So what's so what's that like where you see where you have these uh, other lottery picks, like, joining you? Joining you? Um, it was it was good. My second year was probably the best year for me. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I started about started sixty games. Um, was really one of the key pieces, uh, you know, on the team, and I was the the defensive guy, which was crazy because coming out, everybody told me I couldn't play defense. So <laughs> <laughs> to be able to get on the court uh, and get my starting job because I was able to play defense was was a huge boost boost for me, and. Um, yeah, so we get out there, and, you know, Tyreek Evans was, I think he was picked fourth or sixth or something, somewhere, but he was high up, and came in and really just changed changed a lot of dynamics on the team. Um, you know, we were young, so we got out, we was able to get out and get running, um, 
and, and get up and down the court. Uh, we uh, I think we had just missed out on the playoffs that year, but I don't know, AC. But I mean, I was, that year was good. Then we the next year after that, we added uh, Demarcus Cousins, and you know he comes in and, and gives us a boost um, on the front on the front court. And uh, you know, we, once again, we did make the playoffs again, but we you know we had a good year and. Um, I think what with us was just I had five coaches in yeah. four years at Sacramento, so not really being able to have a you know consistent coach and and a consistent system is 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 big I think in the NBA. Um, but you know, overall, my time in Sacramento was it was great, man. I learned a lot, and uh, you know, I'm still I still got family that lives out there in uh, in Sacramento and the city. Still showed me a lot of love, so it was all good. And so I'm actually curious. So what's that? I mean, I can't imagine what that's like. Like, I mean, just trying to like relate it to people who aren't athletes. Like, if you get eight different bosses, or five, or like, eight, or a million, like five different bosses, whatever it is, like in a short period of time, it's obviously gonna change your life a lot. So what? So what's that like from like an NBA perspective? Like going through all those different coaches in such a short period of time. As a young guy, it can be very, very frustrating because you know every coach is not the same. Obviously, that's why they, you know, they get rid of them and bring in new ones. Yeah. But, uh, you know, different systems, different different personalities. You know, one coach might want you to do exactly what he says. And, and you know, you got to do this. Everybody has a role. You got to do this. You got to do that. And then you have another coach come in that's more, you know, free, willy-nilly. Like, you know, just go out there and play basketball. You guys are here for a reason. We all know you guys are, are some of the top players in the world. So just go out there and play. Play like it, you know. And, you know, just – might kind of lose your way or, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's very, it can be very, very nerve wracking and, uh, very, very hectic, but, you know, you just got to kind of just stay focused on you and, and control what you can control. And that's, you know, working hard, making sure you're ready whenever your number's called. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. I'll tell you that it was my first time going through anything like that because in high school I had the same AAU coach for, five years wow. and then uh i've only had two different high school coaches but i mean i had two years with one and two years with the other and then of course the one year with Bayham, but we already had a relationship because i committed so early and you know i was coming up to Syracuse so much just to kind of learn everything and, and try to do what i need to do to get ready uh so yeah so once i got to the nba and then it's the business side too so it was it was a lot but you know i, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't take it back for anything yeah, and so I'm uh I'm curious. So I know um I know on uh one of your pictures on social media is you with uh with uh with Kobe and obviously his tragic uh passing. I'm I'm curious like was is is Kobe the guy that it was the biggest like welcome to the NBA moment when you were playing against him or Oh, is... for sure. For yeah. sure. Actually, you know, I got the chance. Well, yeah, we he didn't really play him that much in preseason. I wasn't in the game, of course, when he was in the game for preseason. <laughs> so I don't think I got my first taste of Kobe until my second year. Um, I ran across the LeBrons and the D-Wades and the AIs and the Tim Duncans and the Maris. I got to see all them. Kevin Garnett, I got to see all them first. But, uh, yeah, once I got to Kobe, though, man, it was it was crazy. Um, we were, I think my first time playing him was at Arco. Um, started, uh, I mean, he had a good game. I had a pretty decent game. Uh but the the moment for me was when I I blocked the shot before we uh, <laughs> like at the at the end of regulation got a block on him to send us into overtime and 
you know, overtime came. Of course, Kobe did what Kobe does um, and torched us. But <laughs> uh, that block and, and going into overtime was, you know, I, I, I got the video. I have the picture of it. Like, it's, it's definitely it's, it's big for me because uh, just, you know, just because of who Kobe was and what he meant to the game. So even before his, you know, before his, his, his tragic death, um, you know, it was always one of my favorite moments. And, um, you know, definitely going to forever remember it. So uh, rest in peace to Kobe, man. Yeah. And, and I'm curious. So what is it What is it that separates Kobe from uh, – because I know I've, I've listened to a lot of uh, NBA players speak about, like, Kobe's influence on their life. And it just seems different from, like, the LeBrons and the D-Wades of the world. Is it just, like, his work ethic and his game? Like, what is it about him that kind of separates uh, him? It's, it's, it's his work ethic, you know, his work ethic. Um, if you actually get a chance, like, you know, I got a chance to actually sit down and talk with him, and especially after that game, you know, he, uh, we had mutual friends through my agent and, um, you know, we, we sat down and talked and he, you know, he gave me a couple pointers for sure. But, uh, you know, he just, how he was for me, it was more off the court. Um, I related to him because, because, uh, he has kids, I have kids, um, he has all girls, but, uh, you know, just being able just to relate to him as a, as a father and, and even just as a, as a man, you know, he had, everybody has their slip ups. He had a slip up and it just, I feel like that was like, you know, it, it, it was a bad situation at the same time, but it was, you know, he was, he was human, you know, humans make mistakes and, and, uh, you know, kind of just, you know, everybody's not perfect and, Kobe just seems like, you know, the everyday guy. He's a great basketball player, one of the best, I think, right behind Jordan. But he's also just a regular dude at the end of the day, man. He's a he's a father, he's a he's a husband, he's a friend and you know, he was that's my goat in my eyes. And to me that's 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 the goat of, you know, my generation. Yeah, no, absolutely. So all right, so now so now we're going back full circle, last like question or two. So I'm so how is um how have you enjoyed I mean you've had the the uh, really cool experience of being able to play in a lot of different places overseas. I'm kind of curious what what your highlights have been, kind of what separates playing overseas from being in the NBA and uh, and all that. Uh, it depends on where you play at. Um, I would say that, you know, as far as clo- being close to the NBA, um, China was dope. Um, I'm not really a picky eater, so some people might go there and <laughs> <laughs> not like the food. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, man, they love their basketball in China. Um, so I think the, t- the best two places I say as far as, like, being close to the NBA with the fans and everything would probably be China and then the Philippines. Philippines is huge, huge on their basketball, man. And um, those two were probably the best. Um, I played in, in the Middle East in Dubai um, and Lebanon. Uh, they were they were pretty, pretty good. Um my favorite place I would say to live, of course, would be Dubai, <laughs> just because it's Dubai. Very expensive, but it's uh, it's it's, it's very beautiful at the same time. Beautiful place. And uh, what's like? And it's a, what is the is the day to day of being a player like? What what kind of separates that from playing uh playing uh, in the U.S. versus being in any of the any being playing for any of the uh, different teams overseas? Um, I think overseas is is uh. It's different from the NBA just because, you know, and it's not really a lot of practice time in the NBA. You know, you have your training camp, um, preseason 
practice and training camp, and, and then you really, like, get into it. And, you know, you're playing three, four times a week. Um, overseas, it's not. China, you play a lot. Um, you might play four times a week. But at the same time, you know, it's more practice time overseas. You know, sometimes, depending on where you're at, you might be having two-a-days for two or three months. So um, it's definitely a lot more a lot more practice overseas. And, uh, I mean, you have a, a gang of free time, I think, more overseas because of, you know, you're just not in your your comfort zone, I, I guess you would say. Like, you're not in your own environment. You're in a foreign country. Um, sometimes you might not know a lot of people, like, that are outside basketball to get around and kind of learn things. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, so my uh, my last question for you is: I'm just curious. Have, do you uh, do you keep in touch still with any of the uh, Syracuse guys or even the Sacramento guys? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I was crazy. I was just uh, talking to one of our, our managers that um, was uh, Rudy Show. He was like one of my best friends in college. Um, I was talking to him about we need to just get up and and and, and have like a. I know we have it every once in a while, but. Uh, like our year, get up and have and do something and, and meet up. But me and Ayo actually live, Orenze on Waku, we live like 20 minutes apart from each other. Oh, so wow. we work out. Yeah, we work out a lot. I was with Scoop last year in the big three. Uh, he came to the tryouts and was and was out there with us hooping. He still looks good. Um, who else? Of course, Eric talked to Dave all the time. Uh, that's about it. Um, yeah, man, you're you're, uh, you're getting all the nostalgia for all the all all the uh, great Syracuse, uh, all the great Syracuse guys. But uh, I uh, I really appreciate it. Um, this was awesome. I know uh, I have a bunch of friends who are uh, big college basketball heads, especially during the late two thousands, and uh, loved uh, loved you and Johnny Fun together and Scoop and everything like that. So I appreciate. Uh, Talking about that and talking about your uh, NBA and pro career, uh, I really appreciate it, Dante. Oh, no problem, man. No problem. And uh, all the best to you and your family during this tough time. All right. Thanks. You too. All right. Thank you. Yeah.